This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm here with a great guest. She is a comedian, a writer, a podcaster, and many other nouns. It's Phoebe Bottoms. Multi-hyphenate. Multi-hyphenate. In the business. <laughs> multi-hyphenate. A multi-hyphenate. I have been asking people lately uh, about their nouns. So I picked some for you. Comedian, writer, podcaster. Do you accept those nouns? Do Absolutely. you reject those nouns? Can I say something? Please do. I... I'm podcaster. I was. I thought you were going to say puppeteer, and I'm so much happier with podcaster. Oh, good. I get introduced as puppeteer a lot, which is fine because I am. But it's fun to have something new in the mix to be a little bit surprised by your own nouns. Yeah. Do you accept podcaster? Absolutely. You with great honor. Because you started recording a podcast, but you haven't actually released one yet. Right? I have not released it yet. I am stockpiling them as though I were some kind of Y2K <laughs> doomsday. <laughs> I should have introduced you as future podcaster. Uh, well, but I appear on. Oh, that's podcasts. true. I'm, Professional podcast guest. I'm a podcast here. A podcast here and that's, a puppeteer. Yeah. You get tired of puppeteer thing. just because you're not doing it super actively right now, but it like comes up. Pretty much immediately on a Google search. I'm doing it more often. I have a pilot that I'm pitching okay. where I will be You're pitching required. pitching a puppet pilot. I pu- I'm a pu- pa- podcast <laughs> to puppet pi- pilot pitcher. Uh, the more P's I can get in, yeah. my, in my hyphenate. So what's your, what's your pilot that you're pitching about um, puppets? It's a just very condensed version. It's a story about a guy in a little creature and (laughs) it's a bit it's a mix between like uh wallace and gromit meets her meets calvin and Hobbes. okay sort of situation i feel like i got a pitch where i know both everything and nothing which is perfect i it's somewhat you know i don't want to sit here and pitch you and our fair audience (laughs) on this thing fair enough fair enough you have been a guest multiple times on obsessed i'm really happy that you are back it's my favorite podcast to do oh thank you maybe that could go into one of my nouns is obsessed regular obsessed regular i have a lot of obsessions I would be really happy if somebody introduced you that way at like a stand-up gig and people didn't know the podcast Obsessed. <laughs> Honestly. Obsessed regular. <laughs> it's sa- I mean, even if it's not specific to the show, I have a lot of strong feelings about one thing. <laughs> so this, it also works as just someone who's obsessed with things. Yeah, you're just a generally obsessive person. Yeah, honestly, this one was, uh, this especially was a hard episode to figure out what I was going to do because there are two things that, okay, so I feel like first episode was Sims. Yeah. That was like a fun, that was a fun romp. Yeah. Of a choice. It was a bit quirky and it was a lot of, you know, a lot of strong feelings. It was great. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, Next was a Halloween specific one. So we went, are you afraid of the dark? Next one was a byproduct oh wait no the next one was videos big blockbusters so i had to pick a blockbuster i was yes. obsessed with then lonesome dove was based on another podcast so this is kind of the first one where i really had to dig in deep and be like what am i actually oh okay i see what with? you're saying with yeah because a lot of the ones that you've been on i've asked you to come up with can you come up with a scary one or it's a group yes. one for a live show which is so much fun and i i discovered that i'm obsessed with things that, I mean, not even discovered. Those are all things that I love very much and yeah. know a lot about. But this one was like dry run up to you. Where are you at? <laughs> and it was between the one we'll get to today. I don't want to take your oh, thunder yeah. no, by fine. announcing it. But I'm still having a hard time figuring out if I 
did a disservice to myself not picking food because I, okay. I think I am clinically obsessed with food. Okay, food is a big topic. It's a big topic. And that's part of the issue is that, like, cut this out if you want, but a, a, <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the decision to tilt it away because there's a lot of Holocaust Holocaust stuff attached to my food obsession. Okay. Grandparents were in the Holocaust. There's a lot of latent trauma because it takes five generations to breed it out. Okay. Like a, you know, like a <laughs> ferret. I'm not going to ask any follow-up questions. I don't feel qualified. Totally fine. <laughs> Sorry. Are you not a medical trauma doctor? <laughs> I am not. Well, then I have to go. Um, so, you know, it's like that. It's also like I was an incredibly obese. I was a clinically obese child. Okay. Uh so the food thing is, it's almost like we're going to have to have like a whole, like a three-parter therapy session about it. Uh, I, I like going out to eat more than I like music or sex. Okay. You know? It's okay. a lot. I, yeah. Look, I love food. And, I, you know, most people like music and sex. Exactly. By and large. So that is really saying a lot. It's those two. And I mean those two things combined separately in any capacity. Okay. Well, I, would now- like, I would rather have a sandwich. Okay. Than- anything now that you have described wanting a sandwich more than liking music or sex and connected it to great uh historical trauma Mm -hmm. that's not what we're talking about no not at all but this thing is (laughs) this thing is absolutely this this is up there with food it is on the same level so i'm just saying that and that this is how obsessed i am with today's topic is that it's the only thing that trumps my deep holocaust (laughs) Core being is is today's topic. Although, before we start, may I ask you a yeah, question? Absolutely. Settle a bet between myself and no one else except absolutely. for me. Is Italian food the best leftovers of any? Yes, it since, is. Right, since pizza would fall under that. Absolutely. Yes, it's the best leftovers. It's the best cold. Like I, I don't. I, yes, it's br- it's like a perfect food for eating the next morning. Yeah, whether you rebake it, whether you just like scram, and you, it's always you have to eat it like Tony Soprano too, where it's just with your hands and sighing the entire time. <laughs> the act of it is even fun. I like food the best when you have to sigh. So yes, oh, if you feel to. you have to sigh when eating Italian food. All right, I let's so. get. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I just wanted to. I wanted to. Uh, cover that i feel like yes that that we have set the stakes of how big of an obsession your main actual obsession that we're going to talk about is so let's get into it may we please your obsession is dogs yes okay it is oh it's a lot it's a lot all right yeah that's kind of a big topic too but knowing you i feel like we're going to get into some specifics so i want to start uh childhood did you have dogs growing up and what were they like i had irish wolfhounds okay my whole childhood do you know what irish wolfhounds are i think i have a picture in my mind but it might be a cartoon so can you describe an actual irish wolfhound they are the largest breed of dog in the world on their hind feet they're six and a half feet tall damn and they are uh uh, all right it's gonna spider out i already (laughs) i already have the breeder picked out for where I'm getting mine as soon as I have the resources to okay. do so. Your they career are the is best. just making money to pay a breeder. I have planned more of my life around how I'm going to accommodate a wolfhound than I have children <laughs> or my own security as okay. an adult. They are, by and large, the single best breed of dog in the entire world. Okay. They're gentle. They're described as being gentle giants. All they do is you know loaf around 
and are they lazy when you say loaf around or are they just sort just, of like chill no they're not they're not late i mean they're hound lazy which is a very specific kind of lazy they're contented <laughs> but they're also hunters yeah hound lazy yeah <laughs> they are you know they're bred to sit next to a throne but they're also bred to hunt wolves so they okay. can go on like that but they're so big that it takes them a lot of effort to do anything <laughs> So it's kind there's I'll, I'll show you pictures of myself with my hounds when I was a kid. Okay, so later. when you were a kid is this like you were born and there was already an Irish wolfhound uh next to your yes. crib? Yep. Okay. My parents had uh they got their first wolfhound Thisbe when they lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and they <laughs> kept her a secret in a dog-free apartment. Which is insane to me. The largest dog was the a secret largest dog. in an apartment. Because they got her when she was puppy, obviously. And then she just kind of like, they were able to just keep it under wraps until there was, the fire alarm went off one day and they had to take her out with everybody. And they were like, <laughs> hey, you have a dragon living in your house. There are pictures, the pictures of me and my little brother with any one of our three wolfhounds. It it looks like they're like Falcor or like Pete's dragon. It's okay. crazy. So anyway, I I was born with Thisbe in the house, and then uh, she died when I was six. And then we had Puka one, who we had for he died very young, which was like two and a half. And then Puka three or Puka two, and and in between we also had one named Lola. For a hot second. Okay. But our house, which was not a small house, was too small to have two of these dogs. What happened to Lola then? She did, She was also raised... We got her later um, in life. Uh, not by much, but she was an out... She was more of like an outdoor dog um, from the breeder. So we didn't get her at eight weeks. So it was kind of... It was just like, oh, she's happier back okay. there. Okay. So let, let's go back to Thisbe because I had yes. a dog growing up that uh, was there when I was extremely young. Yeah. It's a poodle named Dusty. Mm. And it, once I became old enough to be like cognizant, Dusty was a little not sure about me. And eventually, I was probably like four when I was like, Mom, why doesn't Dusty like me? And she's like, well, when you were two, you used to try to touch Dusty's eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You are. That's a lot. So I had to like really, it was it was a good life lesson because then I was like, oh, Dusty has reason to be upset with me. Right. I have to prove myself to Dusty. And eventually, Dusty lived until I was in like uh, eighth grade. And That's incredible. really, really good, strong relationship yeah. uh, with this poodle. So for you, was there anything like that with uh, Thisbe? With, no. um they enveloped, Your relationship? They enveloped us. She enveloped me like a child. Okay. My favorite, to this date, my favorite Halloween costume was when I was about, I think, like two, year, two years old. We went as Little Red Riding Hood and the wolf, and my parents put a bonnet <laughs> on her, and I was Little Red. And... That, and she was just by my side the entirety of my childhood. And then when we had uh, Puka one, my little brother was still very young. And, and that's part of having them with kids. And I'm trying to, as I said before, like I'm planning having children around having a wolfhound because I want my kids to have the same experience okay. where you just climb all over them. They just lay there and you just like... Did you ride this? No, they okay. ha they're slender dogs. So you, everyone's like, "Oh, you can ride that dog like a horse." You can't. You'll break okay. their spines. But <laughs> I'm glad I asked. It's a it's a very good question. Disclaimer: Please don't hurt a wolfhound by trying to ride it like an idiot. <laughs> but um, 
they are such perfect kid dogs and you can just do whatever because they just don't have a a, they have a guarding instinct not a biting instinct no biting instinct anywhere within their entire beings and it's not even like a guarding thing because they're not really guard dogs they're like hounds are very much like they're the sidekicks of the human world in a way that a toy dog isn't in a way that a sporting dog isn't as much i think sporting dogs are typically like like as close to that as you can get but like something like a terrier for instance their job is to just go yeah they see a rabbit they're fucking gone a border terrier like a a lot of terriers their tails are shorter because you need to be able to pull them out of holes with them (laughs) that's a real thing so like they're on their own they've got their own job to do whereas a hound i mean think about any hound in history that you've heard of where the red fern grows those are like they're like a little boy's dog okay it's like a hunting companion it's you know it's you and them against the world and look you could also say the same for retrievers but i don't care for retrievers dogs and okay this is (laughs) this is like a slippery slope of a cat of a characterization because dogs as an entire species have literally very very literally evolved alongside humans to be our companions so to say, like, oh, this dog's a companion dog. Fuck you, Phoebe. That's <laughs> whatever. But hounds specifically, it's like they have a job to do. They'll do it with you. But then in their downtime, they're sleeping next to you. Okay. So they enjoy just chilling with humans. Yes. Okay. So you mentioned the fictional dogs you encountered. So you, you were growing up with these dogs that you, you really loved. They yeah. were your buddies. Did you enjoy fictional dogs like, you know, Snoopy or Clifford? Or were you like... They're bullshit compared to my real dog. Uh, I, I, every stuffed animal I had and cared about was a dog. Percy and Sonny specifically, I loved the <laughs> most. Uh, when I was in third grade for Valentine's Day, we had to make each other like we got assigned another kid to make like a, a Valentine's Day box mm-hmm. for for everyone to put the cards in. The girl who got me like covered it in dog wrapping paper like it didn't matter i was like real or not i played dog i was like when i was little and like playing make-believe like i was a dog all the time (laughs) i it's all i've ever known i love them so much and so fictional real or otherwise like just give it to me okay did you ever have then a dog free time in your life as you're growing up leaving home going to school all that kind of stuff there has been no time in my entire life that i have not had a dog that i have had no that's not true there's been a very very short amount of time where i've had less than one dog okay um i think i was only like my family's always had one and like my parents and i think from the time i left high school Till getting my first one on my own, it was maybe about a year and a half. Okay, so you then didn't personally have a dog. Yeah, I mean, I still, I I was like 10 minutes away from my parents' house. Okay. (laughs) I think that still counts, right? And it was, you know, it was the dog that I got for my ninth birthday, Cricket, a toy poodle. So, oh, okay. So when I was growing up, we had, okay, so Thisbe was on her own, Puka one was on his own, Puka three. No, and then we got Mitzi. Well, we still had Puka 1. Okay. Mitzi was a terrier mix that was wandering through our neighborhood. 
And okay. She was a little Ottoman with legs. She was great. <laughs> you skipped Puka too a couple times. Is there what's what's happened? What happened to Puka too? Was he there a was Puka the, too? He was the best. He was incredible. Okay. I think he. I mean, he was the one that I was most there for. Uh, this is a very important detail that I keep sort of skirting around. Okay. Is that the thing that the thing that ultimately kept us from getting another one is the crushing reality that they don't live long okay they're yeah. so big i was gonna ask because it, it does sound a little bit like uh batman and his robins that that you managed to have a lot of Fair. dogs in a short amount of time the way batman managed to just go through a lot of robins i'll go with that analogy although <laughs> i have recently found out what happens to robins it's not a lot not of great good stuff. <laughs> no good things um yeah they they don't they don't stick around for very long. So their lifespan is like six to ten years. Okay. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. Because they're they're the best, and it's just it's so so painful. Yeah. So by the time and Puka too was like this. My mom described it once though as like it's like a river with them. It's like the seamless entrance, but their spirits are so consistently beautiful that you just like get one and then it folds into the next one and i don't know i always i always liked that yeah imagery with it and with part of having a lot of animals in your life is realizing and coming to terms with the fact that like it's definitely quality over quantity with them but it's hard man it's yeah. hard. Well, it sounds like you had people to help you through the process of a beloved pet sadly passing my parent, away. Yeah, like, my yeah. parents are excellent yeah. at it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've lo- look, I've lost a lot of animals <laughs> in the time. <laughs> I, I didn't mean that to make, us, uh, uh, no, make no, our no. focus. But that's part, of the, that's part of the reality of dogs is yeah. they are flawed in that they don't stay with us. Yeah, I mean, it's not their fault, but yes. But yeah, no, I totally understand. Dogs were like such a part of my growing up. They were considered a part of the family. Uh, When I was, uh, I briefly went to Catholic grade school, like uh, first grade through third grade. And we had like one of those, you know, the the letters are mixed up and you make the word. And I just naturally made what was clearly supposed to be God into dog. And then the nun was like, why did you make God a dog? And it's like, because I just thought it was you about like things that we love. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, so I totally understand them being like a big part of your your day to day family life. Yeah. Um, so we had by the time I was in like in third grade, I had we had three dogs. Okay. So we had Mitzi, and then I got Cricket, our toy poodle, for my birthday because I want. I was like, I want a dog I can pick up. These fucking things are so big. And uh, uh, Missy or Misty? Mitzi. Mitzi, got it. She was great. Uh, and but yeah, so we had Puka, who was giant, and then we had Mitzi, who was this like little t- little square terrier, and then Cricket, who was this like insane, stupid, tiny little thing. So the. Sizing proportions of everyone was just out of control. <laughs> uh, and Mitzi was yours specifically. Cricket you... was mine specifically. Okay. Like that's he's the one I got for my birthday, and he was a real head case. Yeah. Uh, we got him. We went to the uh, the breeder's house to go pick him up, and we were like, "Oh, it's so funny." He's like barking at the 
door in the wind, which for knowing dogs as well as my parents do, it's an insane thing that they let us get that one because it's like, yeah, that's his fucking personality. <laughs> he He's hates so the cute. Wind. He hates the wind. Uh, well, he just barked at everything. Yeah. But um, anyway, I had three dogs, and then uh, should I should do you want me to go through the list? I feel like uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Go through the list. Okay. Thisby, Puka 1, Puka 2, Mitzi, Cricket, Gertie, Lou, Maisie, Ted Finn, Minky. <laughs> it is worth it purely for the names. It's <laughs> such a great collection of doggy names. A lot of, some of those are, you know, yeah. some of those are nicknames. I wanted to drill into, because you've had this experience, the big, friendly, companion-type dog yeah. versus the small, neurotic dog. Uh, after, after my dog, Dusty, uh, passed away, we had a chihuahua named yeah. Nico, who is very neurotic. And uh, so that's my dog experience is always knowing and loving the small, personality-filled, perhaps neurotic dogs. Do you, How do you feel about the contrast between them? Uh, very quickly, do you know why chihuahuas are traditionally so yappy? No. They have the best hearing of any dog breed. So they can just hear. They it's, can hear everything, and they're just like, ah! It's sort of like chihuahuas are always on social media, so they know everything to be upset about. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. <laughs> They're just responding to more things in an audio okay. world, yeah. an auditory world. Yeah. Anyway. Poor chihuahuas? What? Is it poor chihuahuas? Yeah, of course. Them. Absolutely. Okay, so so what is your anyway, take on big companion versus small? Uh, I prefer large dogs. Okay. However, my I accidentally now i'm in possession of the sixth smallest breed of dog in the world and i am it's a whole other kind of experience yeah because she comes i I was gonna bring her with today i thought you might (laughs) i i you know i should (laughs) have she has I'll, i'll just try to sum it up this way monkey has six different bags that I bring her with. She has been, as of last month, the, it was, It sounds like an exaggeration. She's been on over 50 airplanes in two years. She's been... Do you just bring her on with you in her bag? Yeah. She sits in my lap. Okay. I have a sweater with like a pouch in the front that's made for dogs. She just goes... We have a whole routine. It's okay. incredible. And is there an element of hiding or is our no. s- small dogs are just like... I, got a, I have a letter from a doctor being like, she needs this dog, which is absolutely true. Okay. And uh, yeah, she just... Because I split my time between here and New York now. And okay. And she is... Ugh, it's so fun. So... I, Spiritually, I guess is maybe the word, forever I will be a big dog person. Yeah. But finding the right small dog has been a blast. But I got three of these fucking things. <laughs> the small dogs? No, I have three dogs. You have three dogs total. Okay. I thought you just had monkey. No, I have three I have three whole dogs. Okay. I have Gertie, who is now twelve years old. I've had her since two thousand and ten. Okay. Right? Does that make sense? Time-wise, seems like it. She's a uh, Redbone Coonhound Golden Retriever mix. Then Lou, who we got a year later, who's, in my estimation, a perfect being. He's single. My my husband and I are like, let's just breed Lou's. He's a Boston Terrier Basenji, and he has, again, 
no exaggeration in the 10 years we've had him, he has never once barked at a human being. Really? Never once. He is just, he's the friendliest, sweetest guy in the world. He's not clingy. He's not cloying like a retriever. Well, okay, if, like so if he's not barking, what else does he do with his time? Does he just hey, look? He barks at squirrels. He's like a nightmare factory. <laughs> oh, he doesn't at bark cats at and squirrels. Humans. It's okay. just people specifically. <laughs> it's like it's incredible because the other two, Gertie specifically, like if she sees someone that's shifty, because she had a much harder time before okay. we got a hold of her. We adopted her when she was um, uh, seven months old, I think, and she, they found her on a highway. With another dog, she has a scar across her neck that Aww. they think came from her outgrowing like a collar or a chain or something. Okay. So she has, she's very sweet and isn't like an, super skittish, but she can be set off by someone moving okay. at her like a shithead or something. Anyway, but Lou, even with, he just won't join in. He's like, no, this is my friend. <laughs> and he's just, he's just a little boy and you just, ugh. I just love him. Okay, so tell me about Monkey. What kind of dog is Monkey? All right. Because Monkey's the one, your eyes are lighting up already. Monkey, I feel like, has She's... has been the social media star on your Instagram page. Yeah, I think purely just by uh, the fact that she's attached to me more often. Yeah. And I, look, I'll, I'll get ahead of this right now. People are like, oh, are the other dogs jealous? Blah, blah, blah. Like, do you love her more? I hate it. I hate it when people ask me which is my favorite dog or they're like, oh, monkey must be your favorite. No. Yeah. Definitely not. The other two don't, they wouldn't want to do all the stuff that she does. They wouldn't enjoy sitting on an airplane for six hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We go to the park constantly. They're they're very well taken care of and acknowledged in the things that they enjoy to do. But monkey is a breed of dog that is specifically built for the things that she does in my life. Okay, she's an air travel bag Instagram dog. Basically. <laughs> Let's get into this. <laughs> yes, please. All right. Should I go origin story? And yeah. Then? Okay, because I think this is very important for absolutely the whole process. So uh, I think Monkey is an alien that was <laughs> thrown at my car <laughs> in a time where I needed her most. Aw. Uh, I was coming on uh, about two years of my dad dying. It was I was in a rough spot, and one night I'm driving home from catering, and it's like midnight, and I'm about to make the turn into my driveway when this little nugget ran in front of my car, and I slammed on the brakes, and like we've got possums and cats and all kinds of vermin, yeah, <laughs> running around our neighborhood, but I was like, oh, that's definitely a dog so put the brakes on someone else was stopped in the street and they're like is that your dog and i was like no anyway get out and i've chased down you know as everyone's sort of like tried to catch maybe an errant dog running through the street or something so i was like i probably she's probably gonna keep running away but i have to try uh she dips under this like big white van that's parked on the street and i just crouch down and open my arms and she just comes right into them and the first thing i say to her is like oh hi little monkey oh Where, where'd you come from and she didn't respond she's not a human <laughs> being but i get in the car and uh park <laughs> open the door to my home which i might remind you already has two dogs in it <laughs> i put her down and she walks in the in the house and my husband was like uh-oh 
(laughs) (laughs) What is this? (laughs) And uh, anyway, uh, long story short, no chip, no tags, no evidence of anybody looking for this dog. Uh, We become attached, as you might estimate, and uh, decide to keep her. And then still don't she she's growing up and she's turning into this weirder and weirder looking creature <laughs> at first because i couldn't figure out what she was she didn't look like a chihuahua but she was so small she yeah. was three pounds when i found her and then her hair sort of puffed up and she had this personality that i was like well maybe she's a shepherd and she kind of seemed like she was a toy australian shepherd for a little bit yeah but then didn't and so i was like well she's just some kind of incredible mixed breed and I, I don't know what to do about it so i'll just make up a name for her so for a while she was either um a seuss doodle because she looked like a doodle <laughs> that dr seuss made on a cocktail napkin or a north american thistle hound which i really liked <laughs> and then one one evening she's about six or seven months old uh i get a text from my mom that just says russian toy terrier and oh, i was wow. like what does this mean and they look it up online monkey is the it, okay you know in muppets in outer space when gonzo goes to that planet and he's like oh wow there's other gonzos <laughs> yes it was that moment it was like oh my god there's other monkeys there are other monkeys in the world they like spitting image these weird stupid looking little <laughs> aliens that looked exact like had all the same characteristics of this dog that I had been trying to figure out yeah. what her goddamn deal was. Did it did it make you happy or did it make you feel like monkey was elated. less Okay. Because the more I read about them, the crazier the story gets. It is a $3,000 purebred dog. <gasps> I don't know where she came from. So she came like running down from the Hollywood Hills or something. Or from like I have a couple different theories. The first one being that like a Russian you Spy. know mobster got it for his mistress when they were fighting she's like i don't want your fucking dog and like threw her in the street uh or she, i mean there's a huge russian population in west hollywood so yeah. maybe it was some kind of ex- expensive dog that a yeah, wealthy russian hoarder got and then because she was also covered in fleas when i found her okay so i, I don't i don't know man i, I yeah i have i I don't know where she came from because these things are also – I joined the Russian Toy Terrier uh, group of America <laughs> on Facebook, which is a closed group. And the process of getting one of these things is crazy because if you get it from Russia, like you need a courier to bring it over. It's thousands and thousands of dollars to get one of these dogs. So it's not like a name that has stuck because that's their origin. Their origin is still being bred in actual Russia. Their origin is they're one of, they're a very new breed. They were bred for the Russian aristocracy in the 1800s to be dogs that would go to the opera with you. <laughs> and at this point, I found her in December, so it was like And Christmas. Hunt Rasputin, right? Yeah, they were, he was, yeah, exactly. They're like, get him. And they were also used to stop a hemophiliac attacks by the inbred Russian kings, czars. I guess they're czars. Uh, so I'll back up at this point, she, we had already been doing a, she had been through obedience. We had been doing agility together. I found her in 
December, so it was like Christmas party season. So I had been taking her with to all these parties. She had come with me to movies and she would just like hang out in her bag. I was doing all of the things, the modern equivalents of all of the things that these dogs are bred for, bring her to parties. Instead of the opera, it was like, you know, whatever. You, I believe, did stand up in a show that I hosted with, with Monkey her. on stage. Yeah, we had just gotten off a plane from Minnesota and... I pretended she was a puppet. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, she was great on stage. She she's been in movies. She I'm like training her to be an actor. <laughs> You're she's incredible. My, You've asked her Uta Hagen's nine questions, and she's got it all down. She's sag. Yeah, she's not sag. sag. She's not sag. She's, she's wag. doggy sag. Oh. Uh, uh. She's writer writer's guild. Anyway, um, so yeah, she turns out to be this Russian toy terrier. I joined the Facebook group. I'm beside myself. Turns out one of the only breeders in America lives five minutes away from my mom in Minnesota. So the next time we go home, I message her and asked if I could bring Monkey over. I bring Monk over to this breeder's house. And she's like, this is a better specimen of this breed than any of the ones I've been breeding. Wow. So apart from all this, she's also some kind of like... Uh, like possibly award-winning show dog? The way that she has a show gate. It's insane. It's crazy that I have this stupid dog. Yeah. I love her so much. She's it's, such a weirdo. It's really fun that she's such an interesting dog and has such a like choose-your-own-adventure origin. Because like my mind That's as a writer so is just great. sort of like, oh, did she escape from an actual dog show? Where she's like, this is bullshit. That's- I don't want to do this. <laughs> That's choose your own adventure origin is exactly the case. That's awesome. It's great. So, um, anyway, so yeah, now she's okay. she's a big uh, part of your life. Most of my life. Yeah, most of your life. Okay. So Back now that dogs. I understand your childhood dogs, yes. your your current dogs, do you see yourself in dogs at all? I don't know much about anything else. I would say that I I know more about dogs than I know about anything else on earth, okay. and maybe that embodiment makes me feel like yeah yeah I see you know I see myself in them. Because Do you have like moments where you're you're thinking like I should handle this more like an Irish wolfhound, or this is the time to be a oh, Russian toy? What was it? What's her full yeah, Russian toy tea dog? Russian toy terrier, terrier. or a, I don't know. Why a, I got tea. A rusky toy. <laughs> rusky toy. Okay. There's so many different names. For so there there are there moments then where you are like. Yeah, I think I calibrate. I think I understand them better than people, so I think I calibrate yeah. some behaviors based on that. I, although I don't think even the best person is capable of being as good as a regular average dog. Okay, I don't. So it's actually your fondness of dogs has lowered your opinion of humanity. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. And I, honestly, I think anyone who doesn't think that dogs are better than people is a fucking lunatic. <laughs> I mean. Them as a concept is crazy. There's this wonderful book that I would recommend anyone to read called The Genius of Dogs. It just came out. Here's the other exciting thing about dogs. We've had them so long, we've completely taken them for granted in terms of like what their deal is. So scientific research on dogs is a very new concept. And now within the last 10 years, there's all this information where people are like, hey, maybe we should figure out what's going on under the hood of these goddamn things. (laughs) And... And understanding the way that their social dynamics work, they're not wolves. Like they're like this idea that like oh, dogs are wolves. It's no, they're they're completely so different. different. Yeah. Um, anyway, without getting into all the science of it, the uh, this book, The Genius of Dogs, is this this evolutionary scientist started studying the origin of them and where they came from. <clears throat> For example, one of the 
This is so much. It's so exciting <laughs> to me. So uh, dogs will, among one of their many fascinating alien traits they're basically a parasite that has like tricked us into loving them it's okay brilliant because they're they're designed to be with humans in yeah. some way they're completely designed any domestic dog today has is directly designed to communicate and be with people they're not naturally vocal canines aren't naturally vocal dogs oh, really? have yeah dogs have become vocal to communicate with us everything they do is for us okay part of and the origin of it because people were like Oh, well, we needed them to hunt. No, stupid. Think about it for five minutes. <laughs> if dogs were feral and we, and why, they need so much more food than we do metabolically. Yeah. They're such effective hunters. They were doing that on their own. We don't want to, we didn't want to share a hearth with an animal that was like going to eat us and didn't, they didn't need us. Yeah. What happened was that humans started developing more uh substantial villages and zones or whatever right and uh food became more scarce but people would leave trash out and dogs would uh started relying and like would thrive on getting garbage okay from people the dogs who were less afraid of people were the ones that survived and did better and continue, their lines continued. And so domestication is uh, a product of them needing to be... It's it's what has, is now being described as survival of the friendliest. Okay. Which is <laughs> honestly how most social animals are able to move forward. Yeah. So, and, and the interesting thing about this kind of evolution with domestication is when an animal is domesticated when the line becomes domesticated their features stop and like their physical uh appearance becomes juvenile like their foreheads are bigger their eyes are bigger their ears are floppier it's all these things that trick us into loving them yeah um so anyway so dogs just got closer and closer to people's society people kind of enveloped them in used them for different tasks and then the dogs would be able to sleep by the fire and that's basically how people and dogs started together okay, and that is basically just like amazing roommates yes exactly and <laughs> that didn't mind our trash and our bullshit who yeah i i can't can you even imagine a thing that's like yeah i like your trash and your bullshit like yeah <laughs> of fact, course i'm gonna get cuter yeah, it's so you crazy. Want me around. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, there's so much about it. I just implore yeah. anyone to to read this book. But uh, you know, you touch them and serotonin is released in your brain. It's yeah. the same effect of like what happens when you breastfeed. They read facial expressions in the same direction as people do. If you point at a thing, they'll look at the thing you're pointing at. Yeah. You know who can't do that? Chimpanzees. Really? For real. Chimpanzee is like, why are you doing that with your finger? They don't get it. Okay. They don't no other animal on earth picks up on the cues that people give them. The way doggies do. Yeah. And that makes it. Yeah. And it's not even like the way they do it. They just don't. Other animals don't do it. Okay. Wow. Um, we read their. We're capable of reading their body language. Like think about any dog you've had and how instantly you guys are able to pick up on what you're saying. Yeah. To yeah. Each like other. from ear position and yeah. everything. Yeah. Their tone of voice. And think about for a second any bark you've ever heard. You know if it's aggressive. You know if it's excited. That's that's insane. Yeah. You can't listen to a sound that a chimp is making or a, 
I was wanted to say tortoise. They don't make noise. <laughs> I would love the to screams. listen to a tortoise. <laughs> Although, <laughs> well, actually, tortoise. you know what my favorite sound is, and I'd have it as a ringtone if I could. The sounds of a tortoise fucking another tortoise. Is, <laughs> is this an it's imagination? So, no, or? it's... It's the funniest noise on the face of the earth. Why do you know that? Why have you memorized that? Um, I like. What is the sunrise? Why is the sky blue? <laughs> it's just it. Why do apple jacks not taste like apples, Joseph? Yeah, well, they yeah. just do. Who gives a shit? Because tortoises. Because tortoises. Have sex. I can't. Anyway. I can't recommend that. Okay, enough. fair enough. Read that book. Watch a video of a tortoise having sex. Before we were talking about tortoises having sex, we yes. were talking about communicating with dogs. Yeah. So I want to ask. If you could actually telepathically communicate with your dog, like you were just going through all of the body language signs, but yeah. if you could think a thought and then monkey would hear the thought and understand the thought, what would you try to have a conversation with monkey about? I mean, that's saying it like it doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't mean no, to presume. I, no, I, no, 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 I don't. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is just like, it's just... Ugh, I want them to know how much I love them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's all I want to... I just want to be like, ugh! And I, you get to show them that, but having a conversation about it. Or also, she has, she's with me so much, she has context for every person in my life, so it'd be fun to be like, hey, can you believe they did that? You know what I mean? <laughs> God, did you get a load of so-and-so's yeah. business? Yeah. Who, who could have guessed? Seems I mean, like Stacy was in a weird mood today. What was that yeah, about? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I can see how it would be uh, powerful to be able to say to Monkey, like, look... I'm not just doing this to keep you alive. I love you. Yeah, exactly. That, that's part of the love conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that like I'd love to, I'd love to be able to communicate with them verbally, but it's almost cooler to be able to do the thing that we've both evolved into doing, which yeah. is you have your own language. That's what's exciting about doing agility. And obedience is you're developing a new language to have okay. with your dog. So are, these are classes, right? Yeah. Okay, so I understand obedience. What does agility mean? Agility is like... Um, In dog context. Uh, it's like obstacle courses okay. and stuff. So like going up ramps and you can you compete with it, <clears throat> uh, with dogs doing okay. it and stuff. So. And is this just for monkeys like health or why do you want a monkey to be... Oh, it's just a- fun. Everyone gets <laughs> a lot out of it. It's like, it's exercise. It's... Uh, building communication skills between the two of you it's also obedience it's just it's just more time together okay okay yeah. i have a, a potentially upsetting question to ask you do you think cats are more popular than dogs on the internet yeah i do okay i do think that and how does it make you feel um look they gotta have some edge somewhere you know what i mean <laughs> Cats are very Oh, okay. So here's the thing. I think it's fine because cats are more of an alien to us than dogs. Like yeah. cats are great. I my brother has four of them. Between <laughs> we recently tallied it. Between my mom and my brother and I, we have 13 animals. <laughs> uh tortoises in there? Yeah. Okay. That answers one of the previous questions. One tortoise, several horses, bunch of dogs, bunch of cats, a bird. Okay. It's a so lot. you're not anti-cat. It's just no, you're not more pro dog. Oh yeah, I I wouldn't own a cat. My husband's like deathly allergic to them, but okay. But I I I'm not as good about having other animals as I am with dogs because like I get dogs. Yeah, cats on the internet are amazing because you're like, what is this motherfucker up to? <laughs> Why are they doing that? Like, remember those videos of a cats getting zucchinis thrown at them and they go like, eh, and yeah, they, like crouch up like a 
purse like the slender man and run on their hind legs out of a room <laughs> yeah. that's amazing and stupid like yeah that's so much fun to watch yeah and the videos of them batting things off of shelves oh, it's is great. incredibly satisfying it's so much fun because I, I i don't understand them in the same way so it's interesting to watch a cat do a thing and be like what what are you doing you sociopath <laughs> it's great i think cats are fantastic i like almost all animals yeah yeah awesome trying, trying to awesome. think of one i don't like but but yes a video of a dog being friends with another animal or a dog of a human or like a dog and a baby oh like a dog taking care of a duck or something like that i like they use dogs as therapy animals for rehabilitated wildlife you know yeah they're just it, perfect they're just everybody's best friend stuff like that i one of the embarrassing uh side effects of feeling this way about dogs is that i can't uh i can't see read or hear about a thing without crying about dogs mm-hmm. like anything good bad or otherwise it just yeah. it makes you emotional yeah wow. like you know mary oliver the poet no who passed away recently she has a she has a book of poems about dogs and my mom and i was back home hanging out with my family and we were out to eat and i had uh, her book with me and uh it's my mom and my brother were making fun of me mercilessly because they were just reading any short poem about a dog and it was making me bawl my eyes out and i was like stop it i can't control it it destroys me is it just like the uh there are too many emotions and it's like three yeah. people trying to go through a doorway at once and 100 that and just all that comes out is tears yeah i don't know i i can't compute it it's such a strong feeling like in my the deepest recesses of my bones that yeah. I'm just like overwhelmed with emotions just by the concept of them. Yeah. Like you should, me at the end, I'll, I'll cry at a trailer of a movie about a dog for a movie I think looks horrible. <laughs> a dog's purpose looks like a fucking awful movie. <laughs> I was weeping by yeah. the end of it. Because it has know, dog in the title. Because it has dog in the title. And it's just like, oh, wow, look, aren't dogs great? And I'm like, bleh. Like, <laughs> so, it's so gross and stupid. We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. Okay. So do you think about dogs every day? Yeah, well, look. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they control my life. Yeah. And you just don't, you don't want to ever be apart from your dogs, if at all humanly possible, right? Never. Right. And I have taken serious measures to make sure that it, at any given time, I'm at, with at most three of them, at least one of them. Okay. So there's always a dog present. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If When there's a period where for some reason you can't literally physically have like monkey right there in the bag. I had to go to New York this last time without monkey and I thought I was okay. going to die. <laughs> it was horrible. I understand missing them, but what... So how did you get that uh, dog fix that you needed? Did you specifically try to like look at dogs on the internet? No, or I don't watch... really care about other people's dogs. Okay, so did you just? I like... care about dogs as a as a general thing, but I'm I'm not like stop on the street like pet your dog thing. I, okay, I just you know the way that it goes, I just kind of have to turn that piece of me off and just soldier ahead. Okay. Does it help to even look at pictures of your own dogs? Oh, yeah. My friend, she stayed with, um, oh, James Urbaniak and his wife, yeah. Sarah. And so I would get an onslaught of pictures all the time. So so that did help a lot because yeah. she was clearly having fun. She and 
James became quickly bonded, which is I'll show you some pictures okay, later. Yeah, I need to it's, see those photos. He he renamed her Queenie. It's perfect. It's a perfect duo. So <laughs> part of what uh made it easier was that she was having a nice time. I was able to still do my thing and stay busy and Okay. Just not you know, get back to her. But the the initial separation was intense yeah okay so that's a big yes on dogs every day for sure when people walk into your home if any of your dogs aren't physically present can they still tell that you're obsessed with dogs yeah i mean we have we have uh two stuffed um uh what would you call it like uh, you can cut this part out i'm trying to think like not replications but our a friend of ours made had uh two commissioned stuffed animals made of guardian loo okay. that we have framed in shadow boxes and <laughs> i mean there's stuffed animals but then and then they're in boxes they're like shadow picture frames okay. on the wall and it's of guardian loo and then are you saying just the dogs aren't there yeah like because the- our house is lit like there's dog toys and dog bowls and like Okay. Yeah. So even if the dogs were all at the vet and somebody walked in your home, they would be this is the home of a person who loves dogs very much. Right. Or they'd or they'd be like, Wow, these guys hate stuffed octopuses. <laughs> There's a lot of stuffed octopus skin around. And also it's <laughs> That's the kind the of primary dog toy in your home? Yeah, Lou has um Lou has a lot of we call them as babies. He's got a little dinosaur and he's got several octopuses. Um and, and part of the like, oh, they love dogs thing is it's such a huge part of my identity. My in-laws, God bless them. It's like the easy go-to yeah, present, the gift. you know. Like they love birds, so I get them bird yeah. feeders and whatever. And so a lot of it is like, I mean, not that I have a ton of it out, but if you really did some digging, you'd be like, wow, there's a lot of dish towels with Boston Terriers <laughs> on them. Yeah. Uh, so, would you ever get a dog tattoo? Uh, yeah. Look, I've come. So close. close. So yeah. many times. So far, I just got Mel Brooks as the Pope and a doodle my dad made. <laughs> uh, I I would love to get maybe like each of their paw prints or something. I, I don't okay. know. Or like a drawing of monkey. I'm not sure. But you would want it to be personal to a dog that has been in your life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah you're interested in the history and everything, but it seems like the love, the true yeah. core of the obsession is your relationship with your dogs. Right. It would have to be something like that. But... um. But at the same time, like, I don't know if I want to be that guy. Yeah. So I don't know if that would ever happen, but the in- the uh, impulse is definitely there. When you all say the time. be that guy, what do you mean? Because uh, I just don't want my entire calf full of dog prints. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it looks like a dog walked up. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, you know, like, I, I would rather have like a painting commissioned of okay. each of them or like some nice artwork or something. I don't know if I need them necessarily like plastered on my body forever i don't have to like prove it right okay yeah that makes sense to not get the tattoo because you can commemorate this love in lots of other ways right yeah it doesn't fit my like if tattoos are like a gallery my next one in line is more like rodney dangerfield as satan on my (laughs) other hip flanking Mel Brooks is the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. So you like, get good advice from both hips. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, it has to be a little more like in on brand with my other tattoos. And I feel like yeah, paw prints or something. I, yeah. I can do that another way. Fair enough. When you said not be that guy, it made me think. There is for like um, cats, there is the 
sometimes playful, sometimes negative stereotype of cat lady. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's any sort of dog stereotype that you that is negative or like cat lady that you want to lean into or avoid or? I mean, like, I've blown past so many of those signs. (laughs) Uh, I... Okay, so here's the thing. Dog people are fucking weirdos. Okay. And they're more, like, in the world of, in, like, showing and obedience. Okay. Where they're very, like, militant. They're weird. Right. And they're not particularly nice okay when it's it's sort of like do you think those kind of dog people are sort of like they want to have this accomplishment in life and they're putting it on their dog kind of energy yeah you know it's like competitive parents with kids it's exactly the same thing okay but they're very uh they're not good at handling dealing with other people but they're great at because a lot of it is the assertiveness that you need in order to like get that like they're great to their dogs it's not like they're using them or whatever but they're very it's an assertive presence and dogs respond well to that kind of leadership um and so that's just how they deal with everything yeah but it's not the kind of dynamic you choose to have with your dogs they're friends and companions yeah and like my mom trains and we we definitely value that level of like like my mom recently went through a dance class with her dogs and her dogs <laughs> dance to like the Bee Gees now with her it's so crazy but uh we were talking about it recently and she's like I just like to do it with them because they have fun I don't the she was like trying to get into like the obedience show circuit and they have both of them have a lot of blue ribbons both her terriers but She's like, it's just fun for the two of us, but the social scene is a nightmare, and you see the way people are with their dogs at these things. Like, when, I, when I've when i gone to agility conferences, it's, you're like, huh, all right, I'm going to, I think we have fun in a different way, <laughs> yes. you know? Yeah, yeah. You go, you do stand-up together. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, if a presidential candidate that you already supported started talking a lot about dogs, would you would that make you support the candidate even more or would you be concerned? Listen. Ninety nine percent of Phoebe is already completely dedicated to me. But one percent could be much more focused on a canine agenda. Does that answer your question? Uh yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> like if Bernie Sanders is a, a very good Bernie if, Sanders impression. If, if Bernie Sanders came out and he was like next to a bloodhound yeah kind of, what would his that's a game i play sometimes is like well, oh really like what kind of dog person is that yeah like what their dog would yeah. be i've picked out and this we don't have time i'm too embarrassed by this and we don't have time for it i have <laughs> that makes me think that you should probably say it i i said it's a lot <sighs> short version i have in the past, I'm not even going to say it's an ability to. I have an incredibly strong uh, read on things that will happen to and with dogs. Really, there you can tell dog futures. Recently, here's an example. Like okay. one of the one of the best dogs that we ever owned, Zeke was. Um, it was four years ago, five years ago, and I, I'm very, very one of truly the only. I say this sometimes in jest, but my greatest skill is being able to pick out a dog on sight and be like, that's a 
good dog. It's happened multiple times okay. where it's like, that's a perfect dog and we get it and it's great. We got Zeke and I was like so in love with them. And the day the day after we got him, I was like, we're not going to have him very long. And he died two years later. Oh, no. Two weeks ago, that's kind of a, a looser thing. Two weeks ago, I was walking the dogs in the morning and I was like, I got this feeling of like, there a dog's going to get, a white dog will get hit by a car here. Seven hours later, I'm unloading groceries with my dogs and a white dog runs into the street and gets hit by a car. It didn't die because I screamed, like the car stopped when I yeah. screamed and it got knocked out. But I was like, it was a very quick turnaround. Okay. I haven't gone down streets with them because I'm like, there's a pit bull there. And then later that day, a neighbor of ours went down the same street and it was like a pit bull came after our dog. So you feel like you have like a dog specific sixth sense. It sounds so stupid. If you've experienced it, it's your experience. It's happened so many times now that it's like, it's unsettling. Yeah. So is that, why does your mind go to this uh, dog sixth sense when you think about Bernie Sanders possibly having a dog? Is because it- part of part of the, the sense of it is like being able to historically find, like very, very consistently find dogs that match other people. Okay. So well is, feels like part of that thing. And that game of like, well, what kind of dog would that person so have? So if you saw Bernie Sanders with a dog, you'd be able to sense that is the perfect dog for like, Bernie I Sanders. Think, I'm like, I could find him a perfect dog. <laughs> Does that make sense? Does yes, that, did that, that spiral around? Sense. Okay. And then yes. I was like, oh, but I forgot would like about this. To, all of this. If possible, pair Bernie Sanders with a dog. I feel like a puggle. <laughs> I feel like I would enjoy hearing him say puggle. Puggle. Again, puggle. Listen. <laughs> 99% of puggles. 99% of my dog is pug. 1% is gull. <laughs> that is great. Uh, if aliens actually did come to Earth and you were selected as the human to greet them, would you bring dogs with you? God, I, they would lead the charge. I'd be like, please let them think that this is who's in charge because they're way more likely to enjoy us. Yeah. What do you think it would say? Do you think it would be like this great statement on humanity of look at the way we have bonded with other creatures of this planet? I think so. Um, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, they also just might like them more. And then maybe we have to be the dogs for a change. <laughs> we just have to get really good at being their roommates. It's entirely possible. The alien trash. We're just going to be pets then, you know. So- I'm going to work on getting cuter. So they keep me around. You're very cute. I'm gonna. I gotta. I could do better. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta put my back into like, it. Like we're second. Neither of us are like. I, I'm not making the cut. <laughs> you know. I'm gonna get put down for not being like, for eating table scraps. Yeah. Yeah. They're I not gonna. Do. No one I don't wants know what me. I, yeah. I need to get my eyes bigger somehow. I don't know. Uh, this is the last. How obsessed are you? Question. Uh, if a bear kidnapped your dog, would you go after it? I would destroy anything in my path <laughs> i would i would i like bears a lot yeah bears are fun they're great it's worth saying yeah they like trash too i would use a pencil to murder a bear <laughs> who is looking funny at my dogs yeah i, I mean, carry a taser with me when i walk my dogs oh really yeah uh, do you not when you're by yourself is it only with it's dogs? only for the it's only for the dogs <laughs> so if you... like a pit bull or something okay. comes after them 
Yeah, because the, there are a lot of dogs uh, in yeah. Los Angeles, and sometimes people do not follow the keeping them on a leash thing. Yes. So there, I've, there's I have been heard so many dog attacks. Fights. There's so many dog attacks that happen, like in Los Angeles specifically. That, okay. That that time that that happened, I told you about where like yeah, I was like, oh, we're not going to do that, and then later the exact yeah. thing happened. Yeah, that I makes was perfect sense. I got on the internet immediately and ordered a taser, and we just like walk around. <laughs> I. I will die for them. Yeah, there's nothing you wouldn't do. You would jump in front of like moving cars kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and this makes sense because it's the kind of thing that you are their guardian. You have It's, it's my responsibility. Only, yeah, it's your emotional connection, but it's also your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I go through my life day to day, moment to moment making the best decision I can for them. As best I can. Yeah. Uh and part of that is if a bear were to show up at my doorstep <laughs> and ask for my dog, regardless of whether it was wearing a suit to try yeah. to trick me into thinking it was a person, yep, I would kill it. <laughs> you, you wouldn't even tase the bear wearing a human suit. You'd just go right to murder. Look, if it's wearing human suits, yeah. it's already dead. Yeah, because it can it's, look that's not. It's not happy. A human suit's not going to fit well over a bear. That's no. not going to look like a human. No, it's yeah. not. It's like... I appreciate the effort, of yeah. course. He's too smart. <laughs> what is this bear doing with its life? Just like take, I gotta take him out. <laughs> All right, I, I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. So, what kind of noise do you have for your love of dogs? <sighs> it's so crushing. Really? Or like a dry, like a sob. I can't conjure it up without seeing a video okay. of a dog and a baby. You have said so many things about how joyful. Uh, the presence of dogs are. I, I get. I it's get the overwhelming. overwhelming emotion, but the sigh. Uh, is this well, is the well, sigh just because it's more emotion than you can bear? Yeah, it is. And it wasn't as I wasn't trying to communicate as much as sigh. It's just like a. Uh, <laughs> is that more, Is that a better? <laughs> I mean, it, that did sound like uh, more emotionally it's, co- conflicted. It's just like it's like a crinkly feeling. You know when a bug dies and you're like, wow, look at that bug. It's all. Death position. <laughs> I saw a tarantula in the death roll. Okay. Recently, and I'm like, that's how I feel about dogs. Is so that- you want to make the sound that sounds like a dead insect looks. Yeah. Well, when you say it back to me like that, I, you know, it's not crazy. No. Me and my dog sixth sense, <laughs> fucking lunatic. I swore that I wasn't going to talk to that about any. I was never going to say that to anyone. Really? It's so- it sounds crazy. But I'm telling you, I saw that dog get hit by a car less than 12 hours before it happened. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's happened so many times. And I kept thinking of other instances where it's happened. And I told I told my husband, I was like, do you think I, do you think I'm maybe some kind of like, and he's like, dog psychic? I'm like, no. And he's like, let's just not have this conversation. Let's brainstorm some better titles Absolutely. for your superpower. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I ask everyone to give a rating to their obsession. So a scale of one to ten, one being the lowest, ten being the highest. Yeah. Woof. Woof. Honestly, it's a woof out of ten. <laughs> woof it's out a of lot. Ten. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I love them so much. Yeah. And this is, uh, in terms of obsessions, you know, because we cover the gamut on Obsessed and even like your first episode was about like a video game and obviously a, a video game c- could possibly get to an unhealthy level, right? Yeah. Do, which you, do you feel like there's any version of being obsessed with dogs that could be at an unhealthy level? Because it is, it is a relationship with another living being that you have a responsibility for. So that feels to me like I, I'm having a hard time imagining where that could get to a level where it was a problem I've, because it's your responsibility. 
like it's a, it's a titular show and I, I gotta be honest I think honesty is quite important in this program I've definitely my I've had talkings too about like my my husband's been especially after monkey he was like you gotta chill out <laughs> everything you do is talk about her like okay and and all of them honestly at one point or another like it's it's gotten to a point and, and it's possible that there's some kind of like avoidance going on or right. something but the the extent to which i have doubled down into my relationship with them and my involvement it's it's gotten to a point where it's like okay you got to like even go to therapy or like because it he was like it's compulsive okay but that's that's not about the relationship with the actual dogs. Right? No, it that's, it is. It's about okay. the relationship with Mon- like Monkey specifically. Like okay. that's when it happened. It was like within the like the first six months of having her, it became more and more of an issue because it was all I would do. It was okay. all I would talk about, and uh, but it replaced food for a while. So how fun <laughs> is that? So how do you feel like you do? You feel like you're at a balance with your level of yeah. Monkey engagement. I think so. Yeah, I think uh, I think that there's there's a level of um, any kind of obsession that you have with a thing when you become synonymous with it. You know, right. like in the way that she and I have become intermeshed in the public's mind. Yeah, I mean that's the way social media works, where you can kind of accidentally, without necessarily meaning to, sort of brand yourself. Yeah, and that's how people think of you. Of and Phoebe she, with the dog. Right. And she comes with me everywhere. Like, I, it's very hard to um, imagine my personhood without that kind of an animal attached to me. Yeah. A very specific one at that. So, um, but I think, I, I think despite that, like, I've been able to control my life in a way that it's not. Yeah. It's not the everything that I think about and talk about all the time. Yeah. I mean, you've been on this podcast and talked about many other things. So I think you're right. a, a healthy wolf yeah. out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's I think that's it. I've moved on. I've moved back to I I fluctuate between my other obsessions. Yeah. Because I really dive deep into stuff all the time. So it's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I think if you're an obsessive person to have your ones that go with you your whole life and then have your one of like uh, for about two Flavor years, I'm going to yeah. lose my mind about that. And Absolutely. And then time to move on. Uh, we have reached the plugging section of the podcast, so can you tell people where they can find you on social media and any other stuff you want to plug? Instagram is my primary form of communication <laughs> with the outside world. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. It's uh, at Phoebe Bottoms, pretty straightforward. Yeah. And um, my main plug, if you have any listeners in New York City, the Big Apple, I have a show there uh, the third week of the third Tuesday of every month nice. that I'm out there for every month. We just had our sixth show last week and it was amazing. This upcoming, uh, it'll be March. We have Janine uh, Garofalo and Dave Hill and Damn. Joe Para and Joe Firestein. It's going to be a great program. Um, so please come out to that. It's called Good God. We're at Good God Comedy <laughs> on Instagram. And uh, yeah, that that's, I think, current, right now the most exciting okay. thing that's going on. Excellent. My main plug. 
It's good cool. to have one main plug, right? Yeah, good God. Great plug. Good God. <laughs> so here's some quick plugs uh, for this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com, and you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, here are our final weird questions. If there was a cocktail named after you, what would the cocktail be called? Oh, oh my. Um, oh, boy. Uh, my last name, does, I keep wanting to go last name, but it doesn't. Uh, Bottoms on the Rocks. <laughs> I, I like that very much. That's fine, right? <laughs> yeah. What kind of th- uh, thing would be in it? What would it? the general flavor profile be of a Bottoms on the Rocks? It's a... Uh, Ice. Ice. Tito's vodka. <laughs> Tito's vodka. And a Twizzler that has had both ends bitten off, so it's like a straw. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> just uh, uh, bottoms on rocks would just be sucking Tito out of a Twizzler. Yeah, it's a play on rock bottoms. <laughs> uh, maybe a little cucumber juice. A little cucumber, yeah. A little, just a little dash of health. Yeah, but mostly it's a Twizzler that... <laughs> You make shift a straw out of to just because I don't like drinking that much. So okay. when I do, you know, it's just it's for economics to get you know yeah get the experience. So <laughs> might as well just cut to the chase, right. right? I'm gonna I'm gonna make myself a bottoms off the rocks at at some point here. <laughs> if you could clone yourself, would you? Yeah. All right. I would. <laughs> I definitely would. Why do you have that tone of voice? You have a tone of voice of like you're playing with fire in a fun way. Because I feel like like such a piece of shit that I even would. <laughs> I think I'd have. Really? I think we'd have a lot of fun. Yeah. Is that what your mind immediately goes to? That you would want to be able to see yourself from the outside. Yeah, like it'd be fun to have a 3D mirror. You know, like, like dress, dress me up in like something that I and God, I hate trying on clothes. So it'd be oh, fun yeah. to like do a 1980s style montage trying on outfits with me that I don't have to move. Uh, would I be able? Would it be a bit of a Dragonheart situation where like if they ate something, like I would taste it? Sure, we're making that'd stuff be great. Up, so I would kind, I would then have like a. I would just lock other me in a room and just bring it food, and that would just become like this giant queen ant-sized disgusting slime beast that I would get to eat pumpkin pie with my hands through. <laughs> okay, I, I accept that as an How's answer. That? That's a great answer. <laughs> I didn't think we would get to pumpkin pie and slime so but quickly. I, but, but I think we'd have. I think we'd have a, a good time. Oh yeah, it sounds like it. Absolutely. The final question for everyone on the podcast, which you've answered many times before, is what, what is, is happiness? happiness? Yes. Oh, you got it memorized and everything. Dogs, baby. Dogs, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a uh, convenient answer for this episode, but that, that also seems like a true answer, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause Dogs it- and honest. Okay. Um, happiness is also like just the the perfectly a perfectly made bagel when you're. Uh, celebrating some kind of a personal achievement maybe a good show okay something like that a good show a post show bagel yeah like a nice nice comfy yeah yeah okay any any kind of like end of the night reward food ooh that's happiness yeah. that's like like when you just get to be like a pig at like 3am 
go on a tiny food vacation because you've done something good that day. That really speaks to me because I share that is a specific moment of happiness because it's after you have accomplished something. So it's not like I've just been sitting around wasting my life. Like one of my happiest memories is eating a frozen pizza after a night where I ate two shows and it was like 2 a.m. And I was watching the Doctor Who episode, The Two Doctors, <laughs> eating a frozen pizza, one of my happiest memories. Because it was one of those, I did everything I had to yep. do, it went well, and this is my total reward moment. Absolutely. That's yeah. a, that's almost exact. Like, frozen pizza would rank for me on what, the, you know, what that is. And it's like, if you're with a friend, yeah, and maybe, you know, you finished a thing, and you've had some drinks, yeah, and now you're, you know... You're just getting to wallow in whatever food you want. And that feeling of just yeah. like you get it delivered. It's cozy. Yeah. And maybe a doggy is there. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong yeah, with that. That is happiness. Thank you so it's much happiness. for doing the podcast again. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'll see you uh see you next time for Fraser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Straight from dogs to Fraser, the natural path. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So if you were a dog and the only way you could verbally communicate is by barking, what would a Phoebe Bottoms bark sound like? Kind of, kind of low. It's like down. It's like a low register. Yeah, like a hound bark. I wouldn't have like. I wouldn't be yippy. Yeah, you wouldn't be yippy. You'd be deep and throaty. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be deep and throaty. Of a yeah. I'd be like, you'd know I'm there. I wouldn't bark a lot. You get it communicated through just one or two. Yeah, and it seems a little chill. It seems like I'm not worried about it. But just so you know, a truck went by. Yes. Yeah. And maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or like, I'm hungry. I'm yeah. probably just like a hunger barker. Okay. What what does the hunger bark sound like? <laughs> <laughs> Short, curt, demanding. You have a need that's not being met. Yeah. Pumpkin pie, please. Pumpkin pie. <laughs>